I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Well, I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again at some point, but I appreciate everybody's patience in putting out episodes. Uh, been a bit of a struggle recently, honestly. I will be putting out something else short in the near future, sort of just talking about some of my recent experiences traveling around and eh, maybe just explaining whatever else is going on in the world with me right now. But in the meantime, I've got a really interesting episode with Chris Thompson from chroniclesofnonsense.com, um, also Crons of Non, that's you, where you can find him on social media. Chris is a very interesting character. This was uh, done around the uh, February time frame, uh, recorded around then, when he was doing a series of uh, reviews of restaurants that are uh, black-owned, and he's been you know, doing that and doing other food writing around town. So I wanted to talk to him about that whole process, uh, his journey into moving to Rochester, uh, becoming more engaged in the city, which I always love talking about. And then we talk about black-owned uh, restaurants for most of the second half of the conversation, which is one of the topics I really uh, care about a lot in pushing diverse restaurants of all kinds to people and hoping that people get a chance to explore Rochester in a bit of a different way than maybe they're used to. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris Thompson from Chronicles of Nonsense, uh, Crons of Non on social media. If you enjoy it, please let Chris know. Uh, reach out to him on social media. And you can share out, uh, tag me, at uh, Stromy on Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook and Twitter. And thanks so much again for sticking around through my slightly less frequent episodes over the first half of this year. Got a lot of good stuff recorded and hopefully some more good guests coming up. So thanks again and enjoy this episode with Chris Thompson. of the Food About Town podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Lindstrom. You can find me social media, Food About Town, on both Twitter and Facebook, at Stromy on Instagram. And I am here with somebody I've heard on the radio a lot, but somebody I've never actually met in person. But recent talks made me want to invite him over, so why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Hi, I'm Chris Thompson. I'm a local comedian. Well, I'm an engineer first, local comedian, uh, and I'm starting to be a writer. 
Which and I've one, always been an activist. Which I love. I mean, one, that's a lot of good stuff all in one package. Talking engineer, comedian, now food writer. Yes. And doing activism work. Yes. Other than that. Uh, other than that, uh, lots of uh, lots of video games. Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> I've I'm sort of disconnected from the whole video game scene. It's uh, it's been a long time, and the last mm. games I really played regularly were um, all like basketball video games. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you I was do NBA Jam? Game. Yeah, I loved NBA yeah. Jam. Yeah, I do. I, I go that. back to that sometimes. I built a uh, I built a emulator rig using a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hook that up to the TV sometimes so mm. I can play the old games. Yes. Like I'll go back and play NHL 97 and NBA Jam and, mm-hmm. you know, the classics. Like that's that's when I played a lot more. Yeah. And then, you know, I played on the Xbox 360 up to a certain point basketball, but I haven't, mm. every so often I get that itch where I want to play. But yeah. I haven't done a lot of it. So for me, it's uh, it's always the action adventure games, the hack okay. slashes, the the Dragon Ages, the Assassin's Creed ones. Gotcha. Because I like to do, I like having assignments. I like having side assignments that may distract me from my main mission, but I still got to do my main mission. Like I just like getting loaded up <laughs> with <laughs> things to do, and it 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 works out because. For sixty bucks a pop, like I want to, I want to have to do a lot of things. Well, you want to spend some time. Exactly. Like if you're going to spend the sixty, you want to be able to run through it and not use like a thirty-hour playtime or something right. like that. You want to spend yeah. some time with it. Yeah. You know, really make an effort. Mm-hmm. That's cool. See, it's for me. It was always like I would play, you know, season after season of NBA yes. basketball, like NBA Two K or something. Mm-hmm. So I always enjoyed it, but. It's been hard to step off and do that recently. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. I'm I'm, I'm glad you have that. <laughs> <laughs> is that is the Assassin's Creed like your go-to or what's is that your favorite one recently? Uh Assassin's Creed Origins is my most recent. Like I'm behind I'm technically behind on Assassin's Creed yeah, because you know. They come but, out with them all the damn time, right? Yeah, pretty much. There's one like it feels like there's one every year. There was this low where they had some that were just kind of mediocre. Uh, there were downloadables, uh, with the exception of Freedom Cry and um, uh, what was the one that came with? Uh, there was one that came with Assassin's Creed Three that was really good. Yeah, uh, you played as a woman who was mixed with a Frenchman and a slave in in Louisiana. Obviously. Right. I mean, obvious fit. <laughs> and she she became an assassin, and it was all about her, like, you know, mastering disguise. So every once in a while, she'd come out and be dressed like a slave. Then she'd come out and be dressed like a, like a debutante. And then there was her Assassin's Creed uniform, which is like this revolutionary uniform. Huh. And all of them were cool. Like, you, you could do certain tasks based on what you are wearing. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Nice. Well, the reason I actually invited you over, I heard you on um, Connections not that long ago, mm-hmm. and I forget which episode it was or what the main topic was, but I remember you had you had mentioned you were doing a series of articles or focuses on black-owned restaurants all around Rochester, mm-hmm. and I'm like... One, that's so much up my alley, and I was thrilled that you were spending the time and effort to do that, and I also saw that you were writing in the city newspaper doing restaurant reviews. 
Yes. Well, restaurant focuses more than reviews necessarily. Yes. Yes. Which is fair enough. I mean, I I spent three years doing actual the reviews in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's difficult because you can't just you can't just highlight a place. Mm-hmm. I, you have to be more analytical about it. You have to dive into all the details. Right. But part of the joy of doing it was always when I found a place that was great mm-hmm. and maybe a little less heralded got a chance to push it onto a different audience. Yes. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, geez, I'm really thrilled that you were doing something and actually doing something about it. So um, you've been doing that through, is that through February so far? or? So, uh, yeah, I started in February. I'm going to go throughout the year. Uh, I just decided to start in February since, you know, it's the beginning of Black History Month. Yeah. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, every year... For Black History Month, uh, since I've had like a social media account, which is, by the way, what is your social media account? Oh, at Crons of Non. Okay, uh, it's so I have a website called Chronicles of Nonsense. Uh, that's my that's the blog site. Haven't been keeping up with that. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, it's it's a little rough when you're solo. Yeah, but my Twitter and my Instagram are at Crons of Non. So you go there, and every day I'll have a Black History fact. Oh, that's and awesome! Today or with today, this year I'm focusing on individuals. Okay. So you're gonna get a mini bio about an individual person. Okay. And like I used to do, I I was all over the place, honestly, <laughs> the last couple of years. <laughs> like you know, I talk about, um, you know, I'd throw out a joke or something. Uh, I would. You know, maybe focus on one person, or maybe I'd like talk about like something that happened, like the birth of gynecology and the dark history of that. Yeah. You know? uh, this year, I just wanted to focus on individuals who did something, and only focus on the positive part of it. Like, not, you know, the history will always have like a dark past, and in America, Black history definitely has. It started dark. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So. I'm trying to, like, focus on people and individuals in, like, the last two centuries who have done something, who have done something positive, who contributed, who you might not even realize contributed yeah. to, like, your everyday life. Yeah. I mean, one, that's a fantastic thing to do. There's, you know, nothing wrong with focusing on the positive sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's easy, and there's plenty of negatives that you can focus on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but at some point, you do, you know, having some positive in there as well, I think, because we, we can talk about negatives forever, but the positives is nice. It's great to talk about the positives mm-hmm. at the same time. What's one of the more interesting ones that you've run into recently that sort of stuck in your mind after you wrote about it? Um, I didn't, so... <laughs> It was actually the first one. Okay. Uh, Missy Elliott. Okay. The rapper Missy Elliott. Yeah, of course. From Virginia. Uh, she has not gotten her due. Like, in the public, she has not gotten her due. And I didn't realize that until I read up, because I didn't even think about writing about Missy Elliott. Number one, she's alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, why am I talking about history? She's, yeah. But, like, she is a living legend. She not only had... Out of the seven albums that she dropped, original albums that she dropped, five of them went platinum. Wow. The other two went gold. 
Like just just out the gate. Right. Really, you know, falling gold. down and going gold. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now on top of that, on top of that, she wrote over one hundred songs, or she produced over one hundred songs that became hits. Really? In the last twenty five years. No way. Yes. And not just for her, but for for other for people. For other too. people. Wow, this, I, this is be this is beyond what she did for herself. See, I didn't know she was also a songwriter and a producer. Oh yeah. That's awesome. And now she's the first female rapper to get inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. That's that so happened cool. like three weeks ago. Wow. So the like th- things like that. People don't think about this. You there's probably a song that was produced by Missy Elliott that you didn't realize was produced by Missy Elliott. Like you you just it's just there. Like there's a lot of R and B songs that came out like in the last twenty five years that had her stamp on it. Uh usually if it's a Timbaland track, mm-hmm. she had a hand in it. But that's the again, that's the kind of thing sometimes people forget. It's the multifaceted part that people ignore. Not just mm-hmm. I mean about everybody, but you forget the multifaceted part. Not just, hey, I'm not just a not just a recorder. I've got the producing, I've got the yep. writing. And that's that's huge. And you that kind of influence and the expansive part, like being aware of that is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She's is an it, unsung hero. Yeah, I mean it's not like it was never my favorite, but the fact that she's so one prolific, right, super popular, mm-hmm. um, both in the um you know, the dedicated fan community and the yes. casual fan community. Yes. So it's it's not like she's just hitting it's not just pop. It's it's pop. It's the you know traditionalists, and she's hitting all the different communities all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's not again. It's not just white people, and it's not just black people. It crosses over through everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a, you don't go platinum only appealing <laughs> to one group. That's no, for sure. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. She's she's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like sounds like a interesting way to highlight people and pop mm-hmm. out different facts, and I'm sure you enjoy the research part as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The research part is probably the best part because it's not just a matter, of, you know. You start out, you start out small, and honestly, doing the research, doing light research is a lot easier than what I had to do when I was in high school. Because oh, yeah. we, you know, I just Google. Uh, black inventors, and I will get like twenty pages of black inventors, but then you see what they invented, and <laughs> you're like, I didn't know that. Yeah, like the the GPS. I forgot the name of the woman. She's she's like number fifty on my list, but um, she created the algorithms and the mathematic equations that helped in that helped people develop GPS. She wouldn't be 50 on my list. I don't get anywhere without the GPS. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. I've got over 100. <laughs> like, I, I've been going through all this time. Like, this is, you know, it's only the, the 18th. And I've got over 50 people that I can focus on, which I probably will. I'll probably just go straight into Women's History Month and just do all black women. Yeah, I mean, come on. Why not? Right. I mean, restricting restricting this kind of stuff to a month is kind of one absurd. Right. Yeah. It's great that more people talk about it, mm-hmm. maybe during a month, but the fact that it's we don't want to restrict any of this stuff to one month. That's exactly. Kind of, that's kind of a ridiculous exactly. thing to do. It is, but I also think it's very necessary because we don't appreciate, in this, especially in this country, we don't appreciate what other people have done. Thank you. 
what ha- what other people have done yeah. to to contribute to American society. And that's why we have these months. We have Women's History Month. We have Asian Pacific Heritage Month. We have Hispanic Heritage Month. All these months are here because we ignored them, like basically. Like we, we ignored their contributions to society, and this is why we have these months to focus on them. And I, you know, a lot of people think, you know, this is just, you know, segregating history. But if you think about it, if you go to any college, the history department is going to be made up of many different levels of history. There'll be medieval history. There'll be American history. There'll be, you know, strictly, you know, pre-Columbian U.S. history. Like, we we do this to history anyway. All of its history... We just need to focus. It's impossible to focus on one thing. That would be like saying, you know, why do we separate the sciences? Why do we have geological science? Why do we have biology? Why do we have zoology? It's all science, but you can't only do one thing and say it's this is science. When you also can't, you can't do something justice by focusing on everything at once. Right, That's right. Not, it's not fair to that topic. I mean, I remember mm. in college, I took like a, you know, Russian history from 1850 to 1950. I mean, like a hundred years right. of one country. Right. That was a whole course. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, anybody who complains about stuff like that is just being, they're being obtuse and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the focus is necessary. Right. Because we don't focus on it the rest of the time. Exactly. And that's, it's one, it's not just, I mean, fair is not the right word, but it's a good opportunity for people to take a step back and at least think about it a little bit instead mm-hmm. of, like you said, ignoring. Right. Ignoring or just, I mean, not, it's not in your head sometimes. Right. And that's like even people who are not on purpose being, not on purpose thinking about this kind of stuff the wrong way. Sometimes mm-hmm. it forces it into the front of their minds. Right, right. Which, yeah. I mean, I mean, all of us can say that at one point or another. I mean, as white people, we sometimes you forget about stuff because <laughs> we, we have that luxury. It's, our, it's one of the privileges we have is we forget about things sometimes. Yeah. And it's great to be reminded of that stuff as much as possible because we all want to be better. We all try, well... I can say I don't say we all most people most of us try to be <laughs> most try to be, to be as be good as we can about all that stuff. Yeah. Without actually living the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a talk with somebody. We it's, this is the first one of the few times that like an argument on Facebook actually turned into a positive. No way. Yeah. So, I got a, I got a friend named Mason. Uh shout out to Mason. Uh, he put some. He put something on his board. Something about a, a disparity in crime, like the racial disparity in crime. Yeah, and, cl- uh, classic FBI statistics. Thing, right. You know, yeah, that yeah. Everybody uses as a. Um, you can use facts to prove anything. <laughs> right, and he was basically saying that you know black people are more. They're not. He was like, I'm on his side. He was basically saying that they're punished more for minor crimes than white folks are. Yeah, functionally accurate, sure. Right. And they're actually not offered plea deals as often as white folks are. Also in the accurate. same in the same thing. Yep. And some dude named Mike <laughs> said something <laughs> to the effect of don't act like a hood rat and you won't get caught. <laughs> and I I just like I think I I just like I rolled I did an eye roll comment or something like that and then he came back with the uh, I don't see color 
argument. Yeah, and classic. I'm just like, okay. And then he actually, like, <laughs> I didn't even think he was going to do it. I, we we went back and forth for a little bit, and I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Right. You want to, if you really want to get, like, if you really want to understand the way you claim you do, then just hit my inbox. And sure enough, and I told him, you hit my inbox. If it gets more than three messages deep, uh, you owe me wings. <laughs> so yeah. he hit my inbox, and he owes me wings. I mean, we haven't gotten the wings yet, but like it turned into a friendship, just like talking about it. Yeah, but it's so it's so infrequent that it's when that's surprising that you can actually have a discourse with somebody mm-hmm. and I don't know enjoy the back and forth and try yes. maybe try and enlighten somebody a little bit. I mean, I, you know, it's everybody has their path to learning more about all this stuff. Some people mm-hmm. learn it younger. Some people learn it older. It yeah. depends on your environment, depends on where you came from. You hope you can make a difference by talking to people. Mm-hmm. I know, I know I do. I, I hope that I can enlighten people to certain things by talking about it. But most people aren't going to change. <laughs> most people just want to throw out facts to prove their argument, and then they run away after, you know, yelling that stuff into the void. Right. And yeah. I mean, at you, but to them, it's into the void. You know? Right. Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Once they think they've owned you, they're 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 out. Yeah. Which is you know, it's it. We can blame we can blame social media as much as we want, but like the, it, it's. Social media is just another avenue to do this. No, it's a... We've been doing this for years. It's it's a symptom of the problem as a whole. hmm Because right. it just allows people to more easily say things that are... I mean, regardless of what it is, whether it's about race, whether it's about sex, whether it's about... It doesn't matter what. It just allows people to yell into the void quicker and faster without as much thought. Mm-hmm. While before they might say it in their car while they're driving past, or right. you know they might yell it when they're watching the news. I mean, it was isolated to their house exactly. or their car, and not where everybody else can see it. Yep. <laughs> so that's yeah, the ups and downs of social media because we can go out on mm. the internet and say stuff we want to say. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. It's awesome. We have that opportunity, but. <laughs> The flip side is that, <laughs> that everybody has that. Is everybody else can do it too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, let's talk about comedy for a few minutes. Sure. Um, one, I'm a comedy fan. I love going out to comedy shows. Where do you perform? And what's not? I mean, what is your comedy? That's a ridiculous thing to say. But where, <laughs> where do you perform? And what's what drove you into doing comedy? So, uh, what drove me into doing comedy was people telling me hey you should do comedy <laughs> that, was, that was it <laughs> um and i decided one day i was going to go to an open mic and i was going to try comedy and if it worked out maybe i'd do it again yeah. who knows and it did um <laughs> funny story about my first time doing comedy uh this is back when um back when boulder had an open mic on sundays okay I go there, but before I went there, I forgot that I had a, I had a, I think it was an OkCupid date. So I'm on an OkCupid date with this woman, and I was like, "Hey, um, what would you say about uh, just heading over to Boulder when I do like five minutes of comedy, and then we can get back to this date?" And she was like, "Sure." I mean, one, <laughs> that sounds like an awesome 
sounds like an awesome turn to a date, to be honest. It can be really awesome or it could be really horrifying. Because <laughs> what if I wasn't funny at all? Oh, yeah. So I get up there and then like a couple of my friends showed up too because I said, yeah, you know, I put it out on Facebook like, hey, uh, gonna, gonna try comedy. So some people come out and cheer me on or whatever. So I get there and, uh, you know, I do it. I, they have like this weird competition where you're competing for like a tip jar, the contents of the tip okay. jar. Sure. I second can see place. That. Got second nice. place. Amazing. Never saw that woman again. <laughs> <laughs> still continued comedy so well that's a win then that's a win either way i am still single though so <laughs> if any if any ladies are out there with like like jokes want to see here. you tell jokes <laughs> that, that would be great yeah so how long have you been doing it now it's been about five years now that's awesome so it's it's going is going well uh i'm not putting as much effort into it as other people are like i know people who started like you know, two years ago, who are, you know, making plans to move out to LA and move out to New York. But like my, my impetus for doing it was just to, you know, get up stage, do a little public speaking and make people laugh. Well, that's all. And it it depends on your goals. Mm -hmm. Like if your goal is to, if your goal is to get rid of everything else and do it full time, well, you need to take the steps to do that. If you just enjoy the process that's great in of itself. You don't have to be a touring comedian to be successful. Exactly. To what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel. Like I do. I I really should like call the local comedy clubs and and see if they can put me on. Like I know a lot of those guys anyway. So sure. It probably wouldn't be a big deal, but you know, it's just you know having the time. I do a lot more like beyond comedy. Uh, I've been doing Capoeira for like ten years. Interesting. So, like, I teach on the weekends. Um, okay. Helping my my teacher teach, like, Mondays and Wednesdays, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays are actual classes where I need to learn. Also Saturday. Oh, of course. So, like, I got, you know, I'm doing that in my spare time on top of trying to get in open mics, trying to write for various things writing for my blog right uh just recently you know writing those food reviews and now i'm you know I'm still gotta write jokes and stuff like that so. i mean other than that not very busy yeah yeah just i got a good two hours of free time <laughs> <laughs> well now that you brought it up one that's it's really cool i'm capoeira is kind of a very specific version of i'm gonna say it's a martial art it is yes. and I didn't know if it was referred to as a martial art or not, or if it was. So <laughs> any any capoeirista is going to tell you it is a martial art. Okay. Uh, there is a dance element to it, and that's deliberate. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know some of the, I get some of the concepts, mm-hmm. but um, one, what? how did you get started in capoeira? And <laughs> what like what's one thing you've learned from it? Not necessarily, hey, you know, all the... Of course, it's you know it's very physical and all these other things. But what's mm. something you've learned from practicing over the last you know ten years? So, I got into Capoeira because of Sesame Street. Awesome! <laughs> I saw, I that's was, that's a great reason <laughs> to get into something. <laughs> I was channel surfing one day. This was back when I was in uh, uh, was I seventeen or eighteen? Uh, I was channel surfing. And, you know, I, I ran past PBS and I see these kids like running around doing stuff. 
and I realized it was Sesame Street because they do they would use I'm sure they still do it. There's like this little mini documentary thing where some kid is narrating some aspect of her life. So this kid is talking about how his friends taking him to a park to do this thing called capoeira, and they showed like these kids like in a circle and they're like you know doing somersaults and all this stuff and they're like then he asked me to join and then he started doing somersaults and everything i was like oh that looks kind of cool i wouldn't mind doing that yeah didn't think about it for another 10 years (laughs) (laughs) 10 years 10 years passed no no five years i was 22 at the time 22 i go to this latin fest this is back when i lived in baltimore i go to this latin fest and i look over it's in a park and there's this little grassy knoll and a bunch of people are singing and kicking at each other and doing somersaults i was like hey that's that thing i saw on sesame street i go up to him i ask him you know hey what is this i i want to do this i saw this before and they you know they gave me a card they told me you know where to meet and everything and i you know i totally dropped the ball on that (laughs) mostly because it was latin fest and i decided to down an entire bottle of wine there. That was a terrible idea. Nice. I mean, it was good at the time. I'm sure. (laughs) Totally forgot. (laughs) So I'm sitting around, and I moved moved to upstate New York. I was in Watertown before I was in Rochester. Watertown? Yeah. How'd you end up there? Uh, Just bad. Bad (laughs) decision. Just bad decision to end up (laughs) in Watertown. Terrible decision. It's just snow. Yeah. It's just snow. Let's talk about here. Yeah. I went up there for a job, and the job was okay, but it wasn't okay enough for me to be in Watertown. No. And I'm like sitting there, and I'm depressed, and I was like, "What was that Brazilian martial art thing that I saw?" So I like looked up Brazilian kickboxing, and Capoeira popped up, and I looked, "Where can I do it?" Of course, not in Watertown. Yeah, in Syracuse. I emailed and called the place where the Capoeira was going to be. I didn't get a call back, and then a year later, I got a job in Rochester. So I moved to Rochester and I was like, okay, I now want to do this. It's in the front of my mind. It's now or never. And <laughs> I looked it up and there were two, there were at the time, there were two places to go. Uh, it was uh, Capoeira, the Capoeira Academy that I go to now or this place, I can't remember. It was like Jimmy's House of Kicks and Flips. It was something <laughs> super generic. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't sound legit. It sounds like a bad pizza place. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. Like, it was just like, I think it advertised itself as a mixed martial arts center. And it turned out that the guy who ran it was kind of, uh, kind of like phony. Like, he decided mm. to make himself a black belt or something. Oh, awesome. So like he's he's not like even in in karate he wasn't really legit. Oh come on! And apparently, if people who did capoeira there, they didn't have like live instruments, which is very pivotal. They yeah. were like playing a CD or something, and like did, then it's like then it's like kickboxing at World Gym, right? And yeah, not, you're not. Doing, yeah. you're not really going after the thing. Exactly. Like, just do Taibo, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Billy Blanks was a great man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously. He deserves his due. He, yeah. And he he monetized what he knew, and I'm proud of him for it. But, Absolutely. Like, if you're trying to sell somebody something that's like an art that's like supposed to be, supposed to have traditions to it, you know, do that. Well, I think that's one of the... I mean, from what I understand about it, is it's there's a lot to capoeira. Obviously, it's 
like I said, very physical. Oh yeah, great for great for being in good shape, great for flexibility, mm-hmm. great for strength, but it's very rhythmic. Oh yeah, it's not it's not maybe as jarring. It's it's very flowing and very smooth, mm-hmm. which is when I've seen it, you know, on you know on TV and other places. It's that there's a fluidity to it, which is very appealing. Yes, at least visual, very appealing visually. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure when you're there, it's got to be very engaging. Yeah, it looks like it's choreographed all the time, but none of it's choreographed. That's, oh, that's really cool. So, like, anything you see, like, if you go somewhere, like, if you go to my academy and you see us, like, training, we call it playing. Uh, not sp- It's not sparring, it's playing because, because of the history of it. Uh, when we're playing, people think that we choreographed everything, but we didn't. We're just doing that off the top of our heads based on what each other's doing. So... It's a matter of reading one person's like body and seeing, anticipating what they're doing without like fully anticipating because it could change their mind. Like it's there's there's so much to it, and I appreciate it because it's a lot of the lessons you learn in capoeira you they complete they translate perfectly to just like everyday life. Yeah, well, that sounds really interesting because that's. It's interesting you said that because it, it correlates like directly to comedy. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of, you can't anticipate what the audience is going to do. You might know, mm-hmm. but as soon as you know and you try and force it, then they're going to feel that you're forcing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all that, it's that delicate interplay in a conversation. Right. Because really you're having a physical conversation with somebody Yes. In there. It's like if we're talking and all I'm thinking about is my next point mm-hmm. instead of listening to what you have to say. Exactly. And it's kind exactly. of the same thing. You're having that conversation with the audience in comedy. You're having that physical conversation in capoeira. That's mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I never yeah. I never would have thought about it that way. And that's that's really cool. Oh yeah. 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 My teacher always says, like, you you can do it always comes up. We do we'll do sequences for drills and someone will ask well why would you do it this way like we have in our academy we have this rule if someone is like doing a handstand or somebody's on their hands don't kick them in the face (laughs) which is (laughs) which is (laughs) like if that makes sense yeah but somebody says well what's to stop me from kicking somebody in the face and he answered like you can do whatever you want to do just keep in mind that whatever you do, it will come back to you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but something, you know. But this, someday, and for the rest happen. of your life, yeah. you'll be known as the guy that kicks the somebody in kicker. the face. And it, that has happened. There was yeah. a there was a guy in New York City who played like a jerk. He was he you know, he was like a couple years in, played like a jerk, and now he's not doing it anymore because it finally it finally caught up to him. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, just like anywhere else, be a decent person. Right. You're you're supposed to. It's supposed to be a back and forth. It's not about winning. It's about that back and forth. Right. Like I said, that's it's that communication, mm-hmm. which is the joy in most things that we all do is actually having that back and forth. Right. Because otherwise, you're just talking to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think let's take a break and let's come back and we'll focus on um, black owned restaurants and restaurants in general in the second half of our talk. I am all about it. Awesome. This episode of the Food About Town podcast is brought to you by Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y.com. You can use Frankly to find out where many of your favorite products are found. 
from uh, Marty's Meat Sauces to uh, Guglielmo Sauce to Fuego Coffee. And you can also find out where your favorite restaurants are buying their products from to make better choices about where you go out to eat. So check out Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. All right, and we're back with Chris Thompson from Chronicles of Nonsense, Crowns of Non on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Beautiful. And it's weird. Like, I've crossed over with you a couple times recently. Like I said, I heard you on the radio, and then I did a Magnus Apollo show, like, last week. Yes. And he said you're coming up on him soon, or... Yes, Magnus is an amazing dude. One, one of my favorite people in Rochester. Yes. It's, it's hard not to know him if you're somebody who's out and about in Rochester. Yeah, yeah. Just one of those guys that... He, he, he lives the Rochester for real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I respect somebody that goes out and actually he makes stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a hard worker and never hesitates to meet people and really Correct. engage with the people he comes across. Um, one of my favorite things to do when I'm out exploring restaurants in Rochester, and look at this smooth transition, <laughs> we're going to talk about... Um, Black-owned restaurants here in Rochester, which there are a vast number of. There are. And I think people need to be generally more aware of that when they're Mm -hmm. supporting local businesses, which first and foremost, I want people going out and supporting local businesses of all different kinds. Absolutely. Um, It's something I've talked about a lot recently, especially when it comes to restaurants, supporting your local farms, supporting local restaurants. But... As you're doing this entire series and writing about it in the city newspaper, let's talk about black-owned restaurants of all different kinds here in town. Okay. Um, what are some of the places you focused on recently? So we're on week three. Okay. Um, I can tell you the first four that, we, that we're going to do. Uh, the very first one is Arnett Cafe. Beautiful little restaurant. Awesome restaurant. Really I, cool. Yeah. It's like diner atmosphere. You know, it's a simple. It's a simple menu. It's like a one-page menu, but which I love, by the way. Yeah, I hate yeah. a big menu. Yeah, I don't need a book. <laughs> no, I want you to do what you yeah. do well, and I want to eat what you want to serve me. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, Arnett is is got a nice simple menu. Uh, they've got a fish special every every Friday, and it's not always catfish. It's always it's. It, it, it's whatever they get. Yeah, but I mean, if it is catfish, I mean, oh, who's to complain yeah. about cornmeal crusted catfish? Mm, oh, mm, it's so good. Yeah. But Arnett's on. It's on Arnett Boulevard. Is Arnett that Boulevard. is that technically in the nineteenth or is that? That's in the nineteenth. Okay. So, like a lot of the a lot of the restaurants I plan on focusing on will be somewhere around the ward, and I know that people are intimidated by the ward, but the ward is not intimidating. No, <laughs> I, you know, like, to be honest. I mean, I've been everywhere in Rochester for mm-hmm. food, uh, regardless of neighborhood. And what I tell people the most is, you know, for people that don't go out and explore in different neighborhoods, is to go out and visit these places. Yeah. Go out for lunch. Go out for go out for a dinner if they're open for dinner. Mm-hmm. And go out and talk to the people in the restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's the best way to become more familiar, to become more comfortable, is to actually go out and do it. Right. I mean... I've been everywhere. I've never had any problems. Right. Because I'm yeah, going exactly. to eat lunch. Nobody bothers people in restaurants. Exactly. That's not how this works. Exactly. I mean, paranoids, it's easy to be paranoid 
it's easy to be scared by the news and whatever else. Just mm-hmm. go and meet people. People are trying to live their lives and right. serve good food to the people of their neighborhood. Yes, and our nets definitely did that. It's delightful. I went with a few food writers recently, and man, mm. we had a great time. Yeah, that chicken is awesome. Best. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say right now, and I would like anybody to challenge me. Best chicken and waffles in Rochester. Man, I thought the <laughs> waffle was really good too. Oh man, that wa- it's like fluffy but still crisp. Like yeah. what? How did you do that? It was really good. Homemade I'm, hot sauce. Oh, like, I love hot come sauce. Come on. I love hot sauce so much. Shrimp and grits. Yeah. yeah. Like just yeah, that place this is it is soul food. It's like southern style soul food in upstate New York. You yeah. cannot you can't beat that. And and the, I met a couple of the you know, the people behind the scenes and man, what nice people too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's so a real friendly. community place. It's mm-hmm. really it's part of the boulevard. It's mm-hmm. it lives there in a real way. And like it's a very community place. Yep. I've been to a couple events on Arnett over the years. I think they had some open houses and stuff over there. And man, people just center around Arnett Cafe, which I, I love. That's yes. Some of my favorite kind of places like that. Yeah. I really I'm 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 very into it. Uh, I'm I'm sad that I only learned about it like in 2018. Yeah, but I'm happy that I know about it now. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was week one. Okay. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it every week. So this is going to continue beyond Black History Month. I'm going to be doing this until I run out of restaurants, which is going to take you a while. And I'm happy for that. And because it's not just, and before I mean we'll we'll get into more, but it's not just. Like soul food places. Oh no, no. Because we've got, I mean, if we're counting Jamaican. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh good. I was I was hoping you <laughs> that's, were. That's coming up. Because you know, there's <laughs> again, there's, it's not it's not a monolith like mm-hmm. black owned restaurant isn't a monolithic thing. It's not one kind of food. Oh no. We don't. Part of the thing here is showing the diversity mm-hmm. of black owned restaurants because it's not just soul food. Right. Right, which leads into my second week where we went to Zemeta. Oh, awesome! The Ethiopian it's an Ethiopian place on uh, Clinton Avenue. Uh, like there, there are a few Ethiopian restaurants in in Rochester. Yeah, four or five, I think. Actually, yes. which is actually a high number considering the size of Rochester. Like in when I when I lived in Baltimore, there was only one Ethiopian restaurant. Really? So there's probably more now because more. Ethiopians have moved to Baltimore. Sure. But like four restaurants in Rochester is pretty amazing. Yeah. And we have a one that's kind of vegan themed, uh, Natural Oasis, right yes. on Yes. Man, I love that place. Right on Monroe. Yes. It's that one's so uh that one's gonna be coming up soon oh, too. It's so good. Yeah, I'm trying to plan these out and people keep <laughs> giving me suggestions. Getting, it's easy so, to get excited, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So Zameta, the reason I I chose Zameta out of the other Ethiopian restaurants was Number one, they have a vegetarian buffet. Awesome. Which is really cool on a Friday. Uh, after eating after eating soul food one week, I feel like, yeah, let's get some greens in us. Yeah, let's lighten up a yeah. little bit. Some, some non some non <laughs> some non fat greens. <laughs> so we went to Zometa, but like Zometa specifically because when I first went there, the first time I went there, it was nine thirty at night and I heard that they closed at ten. Like I looked online, it said they closed at ten. I was like, All right, cool. So three of us go there. Doors locked. Yeah. There's a woman in there, like cleaning off tables, and we look at the sign, and it turns out the internet lied to us. God forbid. They closed at nine. Oh. So we're like, we're sitting there, we're milling around, we're like looking on our phones, like, okay, where are we gonna eat now? 
the woman comes up, opens the door, says, hey, come in. And like, no, we don't want to be any trouble to you. So I'm like, no, 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 it's no trouble. Come in. We'll, you know, if you want to eat, we'll let you eat. So not only did she let us eat, it was probably the most delicious. I had Dora Wet, which, which is like a spicy chicken uh, dish. Yeah. Like it, it with a whole with like a whole egg in it too. Oh like yeah, it's, oh, very man, common. It's, I love that. It was so good. It was like spicy and dark, and mm. like the the injera that they make, whatever their recipe is, is like on point. I haven't been to Zometa. I've been to a number of the other places, but I actually haven't been there. Oh, and you want to go? Just talking about it. Oh, I haven't eaten Ethiopian in a while. It makes me excited to go try it again. Yes, I, yes. I love everything about it, especially the stewed vegetables and mm. you know. That time yeah. that goes into making that, mm-hmm. you know that she took that time to make that food. Yes, and was thrilled to serve it to you. Right, and yeah, like past her, past her opening hours yeah. too. Like that's that's what got us. Like it, make no <laughs> make no mistake, we definitely like tipped her well for <laughs> all her efforts. But yeah, of course, we were like beyond. We were just like beyond ourselves. Like yeah. with like that that amount of friendliness and that amount of openness to to even do that for us so yeah zameta was definitely going to happen uh and then we went to zox gourmet burgers which is a young dude another place i haven't been but i've heard a lot about him oh he's it's really good like my my buddy adam wilcox who writes in the dnc the cheap eats column he's talked mm -hmm. a lot about him Uh, michael warren thomas yes who's talked a ton about zock um i've heard him i've heard about him all over the place i've heard him on uh, paul guglielmo's show and man Mm -hmm. I've only heard amazing things about this guy. Yeah, yeah. I I chose him. I chose him third because like he's he's only he's only thirty. Like really? he's yeah. He he came up. You know he he was working as a chef in a couple of different places, and then he finally he earned up enough money and found an opportunity to rent out a place and have his own spot. And he's been building it ever since. And he's got his um he's. <laughs> it's two employees. So if you go there, keep in mind there's two people like busting their humps to get your food ready. So yeah. You know, a little patience would be appreciated if it's packed. Yeah, of but, course. Man, he's like he's he's done it up like um like I had a shrimp po' boy there that was Ooh, tremendous. That sounds fantastic. And I'm not sure how he seasoned it, but man, that shrimp was it it almost melted in my mouth. Ooh. You know. So where where is he located? He is on Chai Lai Avenue. I believe it's nine three two Chai Lai. Oh, it's right. It's I thought it was. It's right near El Latino. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. awesome. It's it's not far. The way I tell people to just. Keep going down Main Street until Main Street <laughs> turns into Chai Lai <laughs> Avenue, and it's only a couple of blocks after that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's when I'm when I'm telling people to try and go to these places in different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Some of the more accessible locations are El Latino, mm-hmm. and when now that I know that Zox is right there, that's another great example. Yep, because it's just off of three ninety. Yep, you know people yeah, that yeah, want yeah. people that want to go exploring. I mean. That's two minutes off of 390. Mm-hmm. You go in, you get your food, you talk to people. It's a good entrance into exploring Chile Ave, which yes. is so full of great food. Yes. Yes. Oh I'm God. learning that a lot because the other place that we that we plan on going to is Be Healthy, which is- Oh, a, I haven't heard about that one. It's brand new. Okay. Black-owned vegan restaurant. No way. Uh, they, do, they do salads. They do wraps. They do- uh, different uh different shakes like different 
uh, types of shakes and juices and stuff. Oh, that's um, awesome. I went there. I went there for lunch, but I didn't make it an official buy black food event. That right. will be that will be this Friday if anybody <laughs> wants to come in. Oh, I'm excited. I'm I want to learn more about that. Yeah, it's they they do well. Um we were there when they were very busy. That's another place that's only got uh two two uh employees, which you need to keep in mind. A lot of these places they will only have two employees because, you know, they're just starting out. Right. So you want to you know, you want to patronize them in the best way to you know, let them grow is to, you know, buy their food. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, they're, you know, really friendly, uh, really friendly people. Uh, you know, they wanted to knock off like a dollar from my, from my meal because I waited like 15 minutes and I'm like, dude, this is, I'm happy to have it. Yeah. But, well, I think that's the other thing is being understanding of people's process mm -hmm. and, um, well, I'm going to throw a place out that I've enjoyed recently that for me was one, just it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And it's part of understanding their process was uh, Aquaba over near um, over near College Town on Mount Hope. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a Ghanaian restaurant. Somebody told me about oh, that. Oh, man. The food was fantastic. But I ended up talking to the owners for a while. And it, it's hard for me not to when I go into places like mm -hmm. this. I got to talk to people. But we end up talking for probably half an hour just about, you know, all sorts of different things. I'm really hoping to have them over here when I can get them over for a little bit of time. Right, right. It's, of course, it's tough for a restaurant owner to do that. But yes. I want to make the time to talk to them. Um, the food's fantastic, but they're cooking everything to order. They're cooking stews yeah. to order. They're cooking soups to order. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ooh. And like, yeah, this is what we want to do. We want people to come in and be here for a while. Right. We want people to you know, talk to us. We want people to talk to the people in the restaurant mm -hmm. and we want to give them that part of the experience. Yes. I love that they're trying to do that. It's an uphill battle. It is. Yeah. Americans are all about like, get my food, get out. And especially in New York, like New York is <laughs> like a lot of people in New York. I don't, I don't know how they would survive in Maryland because in Maryland, <laughs> A lot more relaxed, like oh really? Yeah, especially like especially when it comes to to food. Like okay, yes, we're fast paced compared to the rest of the South, but like, yeah, if anybody from New York goes to Maryland to a restaurant to any of the, especially if it's any type of food that's like from either Africa or Asia or or even even the Mediterranean, yeah. You know, there's a couple of Mediterranean spots. Like you, you, it's it's an experience. It's not, you know, get my food. I gotta get out of here. You you you're gonna sit. You're gonna talk. You're gonna have you're gonna have a rapport. You're gonna be on a first name basis with the owner of the restaurant or the head chef. That's awesome. It's just it's just the way it is. I love that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. it's hard not to. Uh, at least for me, but that's that's one of the places like I've come across recently. But that that pacing, mm -hmm. like it's people that are working, they have limited employees, but they're still trying to do it the way they want to do it. Exactly. And I respect that because they're trying to put out their vision of what they want a restaurant to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, guys like Zock and these be healthy people over there, they're trying to do their thing. Exactly. In the way they want to do it, which is exciting to me because they, people deserve to have that opportunity to put their vision out there. Mm -hmm. um, and not just do what everybody else wants them to do. Right. 
which is cool. Right. Uh, so we had we had Zox, we had uh, Zometa, we had Arnett. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the next one you're doing? You said be healthy. So the next one's going to be be healthy. Okay. I haven't thought farther than that, but I think I want to. Bobo's Chicken Shack needs to be needs to be done, but I want to do that like closer to springtime. Okay. Because Bobo's see this is, Bobo's reminds me the most <laughs> of like a, a Chicken Shack in Baltimore. Okay. Out of all places, because they've got a whiteboard menu. <laughs> and once they wipe it off the board, is is no longer. It's not there anymore. And it's like I appreciate that. It's like one of those things where like you got to get you know you got to get in there, get in early, or else you're not gonna get that food. <laughs> so like I've been I've been to places. I remember like when I was working in Baltimore, going to this one chicken shack, and you know it would be at the end of the day. It would be like five p.m., five thirty, and I just want to get takeout chicken. Oh yeah. And I get there, they ran out of chicken. Oh. Chicken Shack ran out of chicken, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get like fish or something like that. And it was it was always this funny thing because it's like, I know this is gonna happen, but it's like the excitement of, you know, I know this place, you know, business was good. Yeah. So good for them. But also, you know, I gotta be up on my game to get there. So well, let's talk about so use the term chicken shack. Mm-hmm. What is what does that mean to you? Is that a specific thing? So usually whenever I see the term chicken shack, and this is the same thing with, well, we don't have crab shacks up here. Right. Basically what you have is you walk in, there may be a chair there, but it's a counter. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to get your food. It's gonna, and I'm pretty sure that this evolved from like, you know, when they weren't in brick and mortar buildings, they were probably in actual shacks. But, you know, it's just a counter. You order whatever's you know whatever's on the board. If it's not a whiteboard, it's a chalkboard. Uh, you get all you get like your your base meal, which will be whatever you know. If we're at a chicken shack, you get the chicken, but also you get like a couple of sides. And basically, what they do is load that clamshell with all the sides. Like gotcha. you get all the rice. You get. You know, if you had like two vegetables, you get heaps of those vegetables. You get a huge chunk of the main meal. Like you basically have two meals in there. You will eat it all. <laughs> like you're not gonna. <laughs> you say you're gonna save it, but you're lying to yourself. Oh, I always do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times I've eaten. Like, oh, you know, I'm eating two thirds of this because I'm a decent person. Yeah. And then at nine thirty, when I'm sitting here, you're like, nah, I'm eating the last arr, third. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, whenever I think about it, anything that says shack in it, I just expect to see a counter. Nothing but a counter. May- maybe a fridge for for sodas. Sure. Maybe not. Who yeah. knows? But that you know, there's a there's a couple of sh- there's a couple of places like that where there's like you know something shack, and sometimes they don't say shack. If I come in. And there's like nothing but a counter. But you <laughs> like, know, yeah, I know. You know they're know. you know they're a shack. Yeah, but that's one. That's that's a great thing to be for me because they're doing what they do. Mm-hmm. People know what to expect. You walk in, you have a good time, you eat your food, mm-hmm. and then either you're hanging out or not. But that's that's what they do. Yes, and it's not any less engaging by there being a counter versus there being chairs all over the place. Oh no, no. Like a good like a good one that. That reminds me exactly of this place is um, 
uh, Jumbo's Fish on Main Street. I ate there last week. Good, right? Oh, man, it's so good. Really good. That'd but be, it reminds yeah. me of that. Like, I remember I talked to the guys in the back. And I'm like, that place reminds me of that. It's that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. You're getting, one, they're doing a good job frying all their seafood. Yeah. yeah. Good quality. And another place where you walk in, there's people walking in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Because people want that. People want to go into a place like that and be engaged that way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice guys too. I I love talking to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a good conversation with them. We weren't even talking about anything specific. No, of we course. were just talking. But yeah, I love. I appreciate that because I didn't. I until I started this project, I wasn't sure if there was a place to get like seafood, like you know, in that in that style. Yeah, yeah. Which because it is a very about. different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's. They do exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like Captain Jim's is not that far off. It's the same kind of place, but I like going to to, to Jumbo's more. Yeah. It yeah. it feels like a place I want to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I tend to edge towards diverse cultural places of all different kinds, whether mm-hmm. it's Asian, whether it's black, Jamaican, it doesn't matter to me. I tend to edge towards that stuff just because I don't like I don't like the vibe at a lot of places that are white dominant necessarily. It's, right, well, it's not my kind of place. A lot of the places, a lot of the places where people go are are chains anyway. Yeah, but then like the 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 places that I go to, like when I first I came I came to Rochester in two thousand eight, so I saw a lot of places come and go, but like the ones that were established, like a like a Daily Refresher, yeah, for example. Awesome place. I love a speakeasy, but like on the weekends, it turns into a completely different place. Like you go there on a weekday and it's amazing. And like the the guy who runs it is a really cool dude. I've been, you know, I've had many good conversations with him. You go there on like a Wednesday, Thursday, or even Tuesday. Yeah. The place is awesome. You go there on Friday or Saturday and it's just, it's not... Like, the entire environment changes. Yeah, I think that's what it is for me. I don't like, like, when everything's up to Mm -hmm. that level, I love talking to people. Right. I want to go in, I want to have a time. Yes. And if I'm going in just to get get a quick pop and get out and go to my next place, fine. Whole different story. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I want to I want to chat to the guy. I want to I want to learn something. Yeah, exactly. Like I you, you know I want to know what's going on. I want to know what's going on with my you know with my food. Like what made you uh, decide to make this? Yeah, you know it's, it's just you know or what's your not even what's your recipe, but more like you know what is you know what's the secret ingredient? Mm-hmm. You know it, it's always something. It's like it's salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's or always like, salt and know, butter, man. <laughs> I had a. <laughs> it was like salt butter obey. Oh yeah. And it's it's always great, but like it's it's still a matter of how they put it together. Like absolutely. cooking is chemistry and uh you know, these people are doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think before before we get out, let's let's talk a little bit about so I've spent a lot of time recently and I've said it on the show before, but I don't care because I love talking about it, is Jamaican <laughs> food. I spent a lot of time yes. with Jamaican restaurants here in Rochester. Um my current list, I think I'm at 18 restaurants, 18 Jamaican restaurants here in town. That is great news. Um, I've got a <laughs> list, so I'm going to give you that list. Yeah, I need that. Um, I've spent I've spent some time researching. I've been to about a dozen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have one that you've gone to before that you really enjoyed? So there's one, and I 
need to look up the name of it. It's on Culver Road, just past a golf gas station. Oh, the one just north of Main Street. Natural just Vibes Jerk Hut 2. Natural Vibes, that's it. That's Jerk Hut 2, by the way, not 1. So there's so there's another Jerk Hut that I need to get so to. So I don't know if the original <laughs> one's still open. It was uh, just like many of the Jamaican places originally were off of Chaiwai Ave. Right, right. Um, this The original one was off of Chaiwai Ave on a side street. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been to the original. I've never actually been to the one on Culver. So this one I appreciate because this is, this is Jamaican food the way I remember getting it. Okay. Like, if you order the fish, you order the snapper, you get the whole fish. Oh, and I, you eat that fish head. Oh my, <laughs> it's so good. That, like I can hear, I can hear my wife getting excited from the other room <laughs> because for her, when she orders fish and it doesn't have like the fish as right. part of it, she gets disappointed. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you're not eating those cheeks and popping mm-hmm. out everything, I mean, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you ever go, to, if you go to any other country. I'll just tell you right now, you go to any other country, especially if it's in the Mediterranean, you're going to get the whole fish, and you're going to work for that food. Yeah. You get the shrimp, you're getting the whole shrimp. We just get, we're basically eating shrimp butts out here. It's also embarrassing. <laughs> like, have you ever eaten a shrimp head? Like, suck the juices out of a shrimp head? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, the we're best We're missing part. out. No, because we're, we're, we're so scared of food looking mm-hmm. like what it actually is. No, we got to be real about our food. If we're yeah. going to, if we're eating animals... We need to know that they are animals. This is not like a byproduct. No. I mean, if you're if you're embarrassed by seeing the animal it came from, one, mm-hmm. eat more vegetables. Right. Eat limited meat. Fucking yeah. good. I mean, I try to eat more vegetables. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm eating meat, I you you can justify in your head that whatever way you want. But I mean, damn, you're eating the meat. You're right. eating an animal. That's how this works. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, talk about it. And mm-hmm. you've got to reason through it. Like, we got to have that conversation. Exactly. Or have the conversation with yourself and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and so, it's, and besides, it's going to taste just as good as if you didn't see that. Oh, so yeah. And it tastes be better because there's so much flavor in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shrimp heads. So shrimp good. Heads. Oh, now, now I want shrimp heads. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We might have turned some listeners vegan. But <laughs> You know what? That's fine. This hey. is America. You do what you want. Absolutely. Um, I guess let's... So you're going to continue your series. You're writing about it in the city newspaper. Yes. Uh, you're popularizing it on your social media, Crons yes. of Non. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, check out check out Chris's articles in the city newspaper. One, I thought you've done a really good job so far. Thank you. I've enjoyed Thank the you. write-ups. It's not... It's not always the easiest transition because you need to appeal to people with your writing. Right. Was my weakest part. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing it, but I'm it's my least natural thing that I used to do. But I really enjoyed the way you wrote it up, and I thought you got people... I mean, when I read it, I really wanted to go to each of the places you've written about so far. Well, I so, appreciate that. So, one, thank you for doing it. Thank you for taking the time to popularize it with you know your social media, with the city newspaper pushing it out on the radio. Um, more people that talk about diverse restaurants here in Rochester of all different kinds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, focusing on one specific thing and trying to pop people and get aware of it, all the better. So, one, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Um, and I'm excited to see more, not just in February, but throughout the year. Hopefully in city newspaper, but if not... Yeah. Yeah, there's, so... I'm trying. I'm trying to put together like a weekly blog for Buy Black Food for the city newspaper. But like beyond February, uh, 
if if need be, I'll just you know I'll do it on my own blog. But I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing this, and awesome. I'm inviting people. Like we packed Zometa, we packed uh, we packed Zox, we packed Arnett. So let's just keep you know keep this going. Like once a week, buy black food. Yeah, no Go doubt. Go somewhere. It'll be it's gonna be delicious. There's 100%. no there's no doubt it's it's gonna be like one of your favorite meals of the week. You know, so yeah, try it out. Agree completely. So follow Chris on social media, Crowns of Non, Twitter, Instagram, follow him in City Newspaper, and you know, keep it up, man. I'm excited and I'm thrilled that you're doing it. It's really cool and uh count me in. Uh if you're going out with a bunch of people, invite me. I'm happy to go and publicize it myself too. So thank you. Definitely. Awesome. So Chris Thompson, thanks so so much for coming over, man. I had a blast. And hopefully thank we you. can do this again at some point. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Sounds good, man.